Chris. Hope you're doing well. And welcome back to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I'm happy to be back joining you all again, and I'm happy to be starting the month of April. And don't worry, I do not have any jokes or pranks for you today. Uh, I'm too tired <laughs> for that. I'm uh, still getting over a, a flu that I had over the past week, which is uh, it's horrible. I, I don't wish that on anyone, but I'm happy to be feeling a little bit better and be able to hop back on the mic with all of you. But one thing that I am excited for is the start of a brand new series that we're going to be running here on Popcorn Finance over the next four weeks. And it is called the Tiny Living Series. As many of you already know, I have an obsession with tiny homes. I love them. They're just so unique and creative. And I love how people take such a tiny space and turn it into something so functional. You know, the use of unique furniture and appliances that sometimes make the space end up being more functional than, you know, homes that are five, six times larger. And not to mention that there's some serious financial benefits of living in a tiny space. So this love and interest that I have for tiny homes has kind of spread out and expanded beyond tiny homes and moved to just tiny living spaces in general, because those same benefits and same, you know, design techniques that they use in tiny homes work in many other spaces. So over the next four weeks, I'm going to be taking you across the United States to talk to some people who have decided to live in some very tiny and unconventional homes. This is a series that I've been working on for, I think, over six months now at this point, and I'm really excited to be able to bring all these stories to you. So let me give you a quick overview of where we're going to be traveling over the next four weeks. We're going to kick things off in Orlando, Florida with Matt and Allie Owen, who've decided to embrace van life. They've converted a Sprinter van into their full-time home. Next, we'll be traveling north to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I sat with Eric Siriani, and he told me what it was like for him and his wife to move into an RV full-time and call that their home. Then we'll shoot clear across the country to Phoenix, Arizona, to revisit my conversation with Cassandra and Gilbert, owners of the Nest Tiny Home, and also the very first tiny home that I'd ever actually been inside of. Then we're going to leave land all together, hit the waves, and talk to a very special surprise guest about what it was like to live on a boat, which I'm very excited for this conversation because to me, this seems like the most difficult of all tiny living spaces. So I hope you can tell how excited I am for this tiny living series. This is just one of these passions that have developed that I had no idea that I had. And the more I look at these tiny living spaces, the more I love them. And I'm also really excited to be working again with Airbnb to bring you this series. It's always great to work with them and to have them part of what I'm doing here on Popcorn Finance. And I don't know how many of you have thought about living in a tiny, unconventional space, but it can be scary. The thought of making that big transition is, is big. It's huge. It's a big decision. And maybe it's something that you want to try out before you just go all in. So if you've been considering tiny living, even if it's for a few weeks or a couple months, whatever it may be, hosting your regular size home while you're on your tiny living experimental adventure is a great way to bring in some extra cash and even help fund that adventure itself. You can join the over 2 million people who are currently hosting their homes on Airbnb. And the great thing is you can do it whenever you want. It's your home. It's your rules. And if you're like me and you like free money, you can head over to popcornfinance.com slash Airbnb to learn more about hosting your home on Airbnb and earn a $100 bonus when you earn your first $500 in booking value by May 31st of this year. Yeah, so when you have some time, visit popcornfinance.com slash Airbnb to learn more. So I'm very excited to be starting this trip with you all, and we're going to be headed to our first destination, Orlando, Florida. Here, I'll be talking with Matt and Allie Owen from Owen Your Future, right from inside of their home, aka their van. I hope you enjoy our conversation, and I'll catch up with you at the end. Coming to you live from a van. 
I think it's the first time I can say that I'm, uh, we're recording in the van. <laughs> I'm joined by Matt and Allie Owen from Owen Your Future. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having us, Chris. We're excited yeah. to be here. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It is more than a van. This is your home. So mm-hmm. I, I want to give it give it the respect. It's not, it's, it's not just a normal van. This, this is, is Clifford. This is, this is Clifford the van. <laughs> And it, it's great. You've you've converted this. This is where you live full time now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. For the last four and a half months, mm-hmm. just about. Yeah. And I just want to get out of the way. How? How do you like it so far? It's been great. I would say positives and negatives to it. The the size isn't what is hard. I think it's the mechanics of the van that have been hard. Like we had a, a breakdown in Milwaukee and. Um, we're homeless and vanless. And mm-hmm. so it's like in a city that you don't know, that's a little unsettling. Yeah. So, you know, all of the pretty pictures you see on Instagram of like van life, there are those moments when you're like in this beautiful place and you're like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> but then there are these moments where you're like, crap, now I'm homeless and vanless. <laughs> like, what do I do? So pros and cons. And so you're speaking of size, how big is the van itself, your living space? So we live in about 60 square feet, probably. It's about 18 feet long. Um, but yeah, then you have the, the cab portion up front. So yeah, the size we live in is about six feet wide and I live just a little bit longer than probably like 12 feet. So and it's, it feels comfortable. I'm, I'm comfortable. We're sitting in the, I guess, the dining area mm-hmm. slash bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> slash kitchen. Slash kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen's slash here. Garage. Yeah, I can touch it from here. <laughs> yeah, you're on top of the garage. That's where we store all of our backpacking gear and everything else uh-huh. under the bed. And that's what I love about, about talking to people about these tiny spaces that they live in. So I've done episodes on tiny homes, mm-hmm. on uh, RV living. It's that you have to be creative. Mm-hmm. You have to make use of the space. Yeah, if you can't, you know, if you have a, a 4,000 square foot home, you can just waste space. This is gonna, I'm going to put my couch in this empty room and just mm-hmm. never go in there. But when you have a limited space, you have to be creative. You make use of what you have in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. So just to give a little background. What were you doing before you lived in this van? So we were both working in Bakersfield, California as engineers. We both worked in the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer. Allie's a petroleum engineer. And we we're kind of feeling dissatisfied with the location we were living we weren't feeling really connected to a purpose in our jobs um so we really decided to take a leap about four and a half months ago and travel full-time and was this was this a hard decision yes definitely it still has been hard because we're think of moments so we didn't actually reach financial independence before we left and so we've had moments where we are like oh my gosh crap did we just make the biggest mistake of our lives like should we have kept working and kept going for that number uh, for that fi number but yeah overall i think the decision was made based on like our mental health and we just couldn't live there anymore and so we did a risk matt did a blog post on risk analysis like how he could explain it better yeah i mean i think the things we looked at is like what do we want our future life to look like Mm -hmm. so we were talking about you know right if we got married having a family how long do we want to wait till we have kids it was looking like, okay, if we wait till we hit this FI number, we're going to be in Bakersfield. We have to have, kind of start our family there, which we didn't really want. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to be location independent and kind of time independent. So we're like, well, if we keep working these jobs, that's, those are never going to lead to those outcomes that we really value mm-hmm. and really want. So like really the biggest risk is staying doing what we're doing because you're guaranteed to not hit the result that you want. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay. When you think about it that way, it's like, let's take this jump. We'll start these businesses. We'll work on those. We have the financial backing of pursuing FI for four years. Like, we have a good runway. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, you know, worst case scenario, we end up going back to some jobs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then to give give listeners a little background on Mm -hmm. two of you. So, you've 
basically you've left your jobs mm -hmm. because now that you're in the van, you're just anywhere you want to be. Essentially. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm assuming your job wouldn't let you <laughs> work from wherever you wanted to be. You actually had to come and show up to a building or an office mm -hmm. to actually do your job. Mm -hmm. So you had to make a decision on leaving that. Mm -hmm. And this is not this is not just a housing change. This is like mm -hmm. a complete lifestyle change oh, yeah. for both of you. Definitely. So it was, from what you're saying, it was the stress of work, like the mental health mm -hmm. impact of being at work and the stress mm -hmm. you were dealing with. And would you mind kind of saying a little bit more about that? Like, what, yeah. what was it like that, that, that was like hitting you? Because this is like a huge lifestyle change. Totally. Mm -hmm. To make you like turn your lives completely upside down mm -hmm. and do something, you know, out of the box for sure. Yeah. I think it was the disconnection from purpose that mm -hmm. really, I never felt connected at my job that like I was living out what I was created to live out and that was like that is serving other people and helping other people and being an engineer you sit a lot of time behind a desk and you're not connected with people it's you know reports spreadsheets like processes and that's great and that you know but I, I came to the point where I was like someone else deserves my job mm -hmm. and I don't deserve because I don't love it and I don't I'm not like here for this and someone else would do a way better job than me <laughs> but he's a little bit different yeah, I was working pretty long hours, mm -hmm. so I had a two-hour commute, mm -hmm. so an hour there, hour back every day, and then working probably close to 11 hours a day mm -hmm. out in the field. Um, so that was really kind of wearing on me. I wasn't getting to spend a lot of time with Allie, especially after we got married. Uh, you know, just like being distant from your, your new wife was hard for me. And yeah, I definitely agree with what Allie said. You're just like part of a really big business, part of a big machine. Mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of people that are in corporate America can probably relate to that. Yeah. You don't really see how the efforts that you're putting forth are really like impacting people. And it can be hard to really like derive your purpose mm -hmm. when you're in a situation like that. Because oh, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm helping to make some oil that somebody somewhere is enjoying to drive or travel or heat their home or something. But it's like, it just wasn't connecting to me the same way that like now we have very like purpose-filled businesses mm -hmm. trying to help people with their finances and you can really just like touch people on a really very personal real level. personal level yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know I, I really appreciate that I, I can i definitely relate to that because i don't know why it's like i don't know what happens i think we're roughly about the same age mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 31 we're about 28 yeah. okay so i'm slightly i'm old i'm the old person here <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hit a point where you're like looking at your job and you're like what what like this is what is this doing like mm -hmm. like I, you don't feel like any like value or purpose from you like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm coming here i'm coming here to get a paycheck yeah but you just don't feel anything afterwards it's like you're almost like you feel like you could be doing something mm -hmm. helpful to someone but you're kind of stuck here so yeah. i definitely get mm -hmm. that you kind of have that reflective moment maybe it's like you get mm -hmm. maybe it's like a late 20s thing like yeah. you start, you start yeah. to really think about it before it's like i just need money yeah. I just, <laughs> I just need to feed myself. Yeah, someone give me some money so I don't have to live with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm good. But then after a while, you, you, after you get used to that, and you're like, yeah. okay, now now what? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really cool that you've actually decided to do something about it. You've, mm -hmm. You said, okay, we're going to just change your life. So yeah. what was that like, leaving mm -hmm. work, and then you've actually you did the work in this van yourself. Mm -hmm. So what was yeah. that like transition from going from normal work to what we're, where we're at now? Life. Leaving work was really hard because we faced a lot of backlash from outside people who thought we were making the wrong choice. And it's it was hard because they had put expectations on us that were not our own. And they also had a lot of fear about us leaving our jobs. Like they they knew this American dream to be X and we were saying no to X. And so that was scary for a lot of people. And so that was hard, but it was great because 
it really reinforced the idea that like we aren't living to please other people mm. you know we are here to serve a higher purpose and we are here to help others on their journey too but it's okay if what we say is offensive to some people we're not here to please everyone does that make sense especially not with your not with your life like yeah. when you, you yeah. decide with your life it, it doesn't matter if that offends someone else it's not their life you're doing exactly. you're doing your own thing mm-hmm. exactly right? everyone gets to choose what they get to do so converting the van though yeah converting the van was an eye-opening experience i think uh i mean we transitioned from we quit our jobs and we started working on the van full-time so i was putting like 10 hour days in we converted the whole van in about six weeks wow that's and hit the road so yeah i mean you're sitting yeah. in it but we did a lot of work in here yeah because i mean so, from the inside just to give people since this is audio only <laughs> it doesn't look like a van when we're what we're in like there's not like metal exposed it yeah. feels very homey because like the wood pieces mm-hmm. that are in here mm-hmm. so yeah you, you did a lot that's a lot of work in six weeks so. 